It's World Trick Shot Day today, also known as a day where a bunch of guys on YouTube go, oh, yeah, this is today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It is Tuesday, December 7th. 2021. I'm Russ. And here's what you need to know about today. Yeah, saying December 7th, it means something. We'll, we'll get into that in a, in a minute. But first, let's talk about some of the other days for today. World Trick Shot Day. Okay, is it perfect timing? Is it crazy physics? Is it just luck? I side towards luck most of the time. Um, Every crick, crazy trick shot that I've made in life, I think, is probably just boiled down to, oh, I got lucky that time. And people saw it. And that's cool. Uh, there's plenty of people on YouTube that do all these crazy trick shots. I think of Dude Perfect. You know, they they do all these crazy things with either basketballs or water bottles or whatever. Uh, Dude Perfect on YouTube. If you want to see some crazy trick shots, and think of it like uh, I guess some modern day Harlem Globetrotters. Although I think the Harlem Globetrotters are still around. I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah, World Trick Shot Day today. It is also national. Cotton Candy Day. I talked about this last year at this time, and I find that it's the weirdest time of the year to have Cotton Candy Day. This should be done in the summer. I fought over that last year. Apparently, I did not win. It's still in December for some reason. Okay, well, let's talk about Cotton Candy then, since uh, we've got the day here. It was actually co-created by a dentist and a candy maker. Yeah. Can you believe that? A candy maker got involved with a dentist back in 1897 in uh, Nashville. And yeah, there you go. They came up with cotton candy. I, my guess is the candy maker, uh, John Wharton, went to the dentist, Dr. William Morrison, and said, how can I get you more business? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a cut of the profit and we'll sell this really cheap candy and it's made of pure sugar and you'll get a bunch of uh, people coming in? I'm guessing that's how the meeting went. Now, uh, don't sue me, um, Dr. Morrison or John Warden, because I don't know the actual facts behind the meeting, but I'm guessing it went something like that. Anyway, uh, they melted crystallized sugar and blew it through a fine screen. Uh, they make a really cool one of these that you can get for home on Amazon. I do know that because we've got one and maybe we'll be making some today. Um, here's the thing uh, with uh, cotton candy. Cotton candy was actually refined in 1921 by yet another dentist. Yeah, this other dentist in New Orleans improved the design of the machine and actually at that point gave it the name cotton candy. Prior to that, it was known as some other like fairy floss or something like that. Yeah, I believe it was fairy floss. There you go. It's right there in my script. I'm making it as if I'm memorizing it, but no. Um, anyway, 1921, they changed the name of this stuff. Now in Australia, it's actually still known as fairy floss. In China, it's called dragon's beard. And in the Netherlands, it's called sugar spider. I don't know about that one. I can get behind the... <laughs> The other two names. I like the dragon's beard. That's kind of cool, especially if it's like, you know, like red or something like that. I don't know. That seems cool. Anyway, uh, let's move on now. National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. I said December 7th, and I can't help but think of the speech. December 7th, a day that will live in infamy. Specifically, 1941, Japan attacked 
Pearl Harbor. That was 80 years ago on this day. The U.S. and Japan were essentially allies in World War One, right? Now, we were buds. We were hanging out. We were getting coffee together. I, we were friends. It happened. And then things changed in Japan, especially during the Great Depression. Now, since they're an island nation, they depend on imports of national uh, of natural resources into the country. So during the Depression, other countries were reluctant to export their resources because they didn't know if they were going to have them or not for very long and how long the Depression was going to last. So this really set Japan back. And well, they figured out, well, maybe if we invaded China, that would actually you know, help us out. Like we could grab some of their resources, right? So they did. That's what they did. Japan invaded China. Now, China was an ally of the United States. So the United States would actually decide to place sanctions on Japan. Those sanctions were pretty basic stuff at first. And then it went to oil. And see, that's always when there's the problem, right? Oil, like, come on, like, they can't have their military. <laughs> they how are they gonna drive the the tanks or the planes or whatever military items that they had that ran on gas because no oil. That was a real problem. So we did that in July of 1941, and it hurt the country badly. So they got a little upset with us. They stopped going to coffee with us, and the sanctions were really one of the big things that led up to Pearl Harbor. The Japanese military would devise this bold plan of attack on not only Pearl Harbor, but also Manila and other islands, British islands, United States islands. These were in the Pacific and they were prime targets for Japan. The hope for Japan was that the U.S. would not be able to fight on two fronts, thinking that, okay, well, you know, they'll fight over there, but not over here. So we should be all good, right? And if we take out their fleet, well, they have no ships here. They have no planes here. So they just went all in. The morning of December 7th, bombs began to fall from the sneak attack. The attack would leave 2,400 people dead. The USS Arizona sunk to the bottom of the sea and many other ships were crippled and more than 180 aircrafts were destroyed. Here's the timeline on this thing. At 7.55 a.m. to 8.25, torpedo plane and dive bomber attacks. And then between 8.25 and 8.40, there was a little lull in the attack. You know, they had to get ready for the next one that started at 8.40. These were horizontal bomber attacks, and that lasted till about 9.15. And then from 9.15 to 9.45, dive bomber attacks. It was basically the completion of the air raid at about 9.45. So from 7.55 to 9.45, with a little bit of a lull in there of about 15 minutes, we're just like getting bombed around Pearl Harbor. This thing was crazy. That's why I got to tell you that timeline. Now, meanwhile, in Washington, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was sitting in his private study, working on his stamp collection. Now, I just think that's so cool. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the president sitting there just, you know, collecting his stamps, doing his thing. Like, and I don't know how you work on a stamp collection. I don't have a stamp collection, but I guess he was, you know, organizing it like baseball cards. I don't know what you do with a stamp collection, but I, I imagine him there with a magnifying glass. Yes, he's sitting down. He's got his magnifying glass. He's looking at these stamps and he gets a phone call from the Secretary of the Navy. And he tells the president that Pearl Harbor is under attack. The president says one word, no. Well, he says it loudly, he actually yells that out. No, I, I'm not really, you know, 
being dramatic here enough. I'm I'm not going to scream no into the microphone mainly because I feel like it's just going to like break your ears. So I won't do it. But he yells out no within hours. He began working on that famed speech that I talked about. Now, he would deliver that speech to Congress the next day. So guess what? I'm not going to tell you about it today. I'm going to tell you more on that speech in Pearl Harbor tomorrow. See, this is going to make you tune in tomorrow. And I say tune in like we're on radio, but it's going to make you download this and put it on your device and listen to it tomorrow. And I think tune in sounds a lot better than that. All right, uh, let's take a look at our events real quick. Other event for today. I'm going to tell you about an event that happened in 2004. After popularizing the PC in the 80s, IBM sold its PC business to Lenovo for $1.75 billion. Ten years later, it sold its server business. And I'm, I'm guessing that Watson probably told them to do this. You know, Watson is their AI that won Jeopardy. And what's Watson up to these days along with IBM? Well, they're trying to improve medical research and diagnostics. Well, also, I guess Watson's probably also trying to improve IBM's bottom line. How am I doing so well lately? All right, let's uh, take a look at our birthdays for today. Larry Bird turns 65. C. Thomas Howell is 55. Nicole Appleton is 47. And Sarah Bareilles is 42. That is your look at December 7th. Thanks for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If we made a mistake and you heard it, you're super smart and we're super sorry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five star if you think we deserve it. If you'd like to make sure that we cover something on a future episode, let us know. Just head over to thisistodaypodcast.com to make suggestions, give us feedback, and see our other podcasts. I hope you enjoyed learning about today. I'm Russ, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.